On Spotlight today on KRWC, it's the third Wednesday of the month of April, and on the third Wednesday each month, we talk on a rotating basis with all of the different uh, members of the Wright County Board of Commissioners. And today, a first visit from new County Commissioner Mike Ketchmark, who uh, joins us today. And Mike, good morning to you. Welcome to Spotlight. Oh, good morning, Tim. Good to be with you and your listeners, and uh, hopefully we've got a big audience today. I know we're competing with the prices right on TV, but <laughs> hopefully some folks will take a break and, and listen to Spotlight this morning. Well, that sounds good. We, you know, we, we try to take it easy on them and uh, let them have a few viewers once in a while, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to have you here. Uh, our first visit with you is, uh, as a member of the uh, county board. Of course, uh, many folks know you for... Uh, many, many years with the um, the Wright County Sheriff's Office. And I guess we're going to kind of lead into um, talking a little bit about the, the transition from that. You um, ran for county commissioner last year. Why don't you tell folks that uh, may not be familiar with you what area you represent and um, some of the communities in that area? Oh, sure. Well, District 5 is made up of nine townships and five cities, and it goes from the east side of Delano, where it joins Hennepin County, to the west side of Cocada, where it joins Meeker. So it's the five cities along Highway 12, the townships on either side of Highway 12, and it stretches up north to French Lake Township. And I was born and raised in the area. I live in Woodland Township with my wife, and the career with law enforcement allowed me to interact with a lot of the local official city, township, and county, and I'm glad that I had that experience in uh, developing a lot of those relationships over those years before I was elected commissioner. It's really been helpful. We've said it before with other commissioners on this program, the fact that, you know, you do represent uh, a portion or a, you know, specific area of Wright County, but really, you know, the board um, represents all of the county, and you were kind of in the unique position to really know the county well, I would imagine, as far as geographically. Oh, I was. I worked all the county over 27 years, some areas more than most, including District 5, which is where I'm the commissioner. But what I I began to realize is amongst the commissioners, it seems like we, we really, if we're going to truly represent our constituents, we we share the same philosophies, which which aren't the same throughout the county with the other commissioners also. And when we come together in a meeting, sometimes that shows up more times than others. But it's really a, a consideration that, that people need to take note of. Sure. What spiked your interest in uh, transitioning out of a law enforcement career, but uh, still public service, I guess, and uh, into the county board? Well, the, the opportunity came up, first of all, when the Commissioner was retiring, Charlie Burrell, from the district, so that made it an open seat. And some people, after almost 30 years in law enforcement, would call it a career. And in current times, we'd have to admit it's not the worst time to get out of that business full-time, although I'm still working part-time for another sheriff's office and another police department, so I'm I'm still in the business. But the the transition where it's been helpful is the knowledge that I have of Wright County business per se and working with different employees and department heads over the years. I didn't have experience in public office, but what that would have helped with is things like meeting protocol, which you pick up over a short amount of time. But 
past office in townships or cities wouldn't prepare you for the the issues and inside knowledge of things that come up. Some of those things I was able to hit the ground running with because I had a little bit of knowledge anyway from the background as a Wright County employee for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, as you say, basically the, you know, the familiarity with a lot of the residents of the area uh, just through, you know, working in the area for that long. And what also has been a good transition is the great support cast at Wright County. Uh, There's many people to name, but in particular the human resources, the administration end of it. They're always approachable and accessible. You get answers in in a short time by email or in person. I'm not used to that, Tim, where I can just run up the stairs to somebody's office and talk things over instead of wait on an email or a phone message to be returned in a day or two. But that's the kind of service I like to give to the constituents also is to return that email or that phone call. I even make some field trips out to look at ditches and different sites. I like to be out and interact with the public. But also when they're looking for an answer, get it to them in a short time. It is a full-time job. A lot of times I'm putting over 40 hours a week in given it the time and effort it deserves, especially when you're new, to to gather all the information you can. And that is best done during the day being in the office here most of the time. Mike Ketchmark, Wright County uh, District 5 Commissioner, our guest on today's Spotlight, our first visit with him as a member of the county board. Um, you were sworn in and took over in January, so you've got a few months in here now, a number of weeks. Uh, talk about those first few weeks. You got committee assignments and all of that type of thing probably right away. Oh, that was interesting, Tim. The first meeting I I was sworn in, and and then within 20 minutes I walked out of there with, I think, 19 committees and boards <laughs> assigned to me. And a lot of them, if you looked at the process, you'd have thought maybe, geez, they're, they're giving the new commissioners a lot of duties and assignments, but really they were the spots that were occupied by the commissioners that were in here that that left office. So it seems to really work out, but that was a lot to take in that first meeting, and I think I've been appointed to a couple more since then. But there's a lot of meetings, there's a lot of schedule appointments to keep up with, and that's my biggest fear, I think, Tim, is to miss a meeting, especially if I'm sitting in the office here and doing some work and and a meeting is going on and I miss it. So I, I want to be you know, accountable and responsible for all the assignments that I have. But there is a lot of that to keep up with. There's a variety of things within each meeting where you go from one topic to another. There's a lot of homework that you have to do before the meeting because there's all the agendas and things you have to keep up with for the different presentations that you listen to at the meetings. But that's that's kind of what a lot of the time is is spent on, and then citizen inquiries about upcoming meetings or things that we talked about at past meetings. Tell us a little bit about maybe one or two of the of the primary um, committees that you that you serve on, the ones that maybe take up the most time or have the most involvement. Sure. Well, probably the Planning Commission, uh, for all the reasons that you stated, but it's a seven-member board, and there's one commissioner on it. That's that's my position. And we meet about once a month with uh, 
an agenda that's like kind of like a living document. It can grow and shrink throughout the month, depending on where people are at with the process. But it can be several hours long of people coming in with requests for different permits for gravel pits and solar farms and all different things that are kind of outside the normal planning and zoning regulations. So they come before the board. There's a a packet that at times is probably three-quarters of an inch thick of paper, a lot of bedtime reading. But you have to give it the time and effort that it deserves because it means a lot to the people that are coming forward. It's some life-changing things for them with permits for rezoning for a house that they want in a certain area and to see if it fits in and the land use plan. So that, that one takes up a lot of time. There's the the ditch committee, uh, not too exciting on the surface, but, for example, there's a million-dollar project being worked on right now between Lake Ann, South Howard Lake, going up southeast to Cocado, and you have to monitor the, the progress and different things and keep the citizens informed. But those are a couple that, that take a lot of time, but most currently is the solar moratorium that we have on the solar businesses in Wright County. So we got a work group and we're trying to work through uh, the ordinance as it stood for five years. It needed a little tweaking, let's say. So we're we're using a lot of time to try and tighten things up. But the main objective for me anyway with that, my opinion is that we're looking out for Wright County. We're looking out for the landowners that want solar and we're looking out for the adjacent landowners to these solar fields. So that's uh, something that's in the works yet. There's public hearings and uh, different work group meetings where we're addressing the different issues with that. Kind of getting the uh, the feeling or, or the uh, sense from some of the other uh, commissioners that have talked about that uh, solar farm moratorium, that one of the things, too, is they want to really take a close look at um, – what happens with that parcel or wherever the the solar farm is built on after it becomes you know uh, or once it gets to the end of its lifespan so to speak uh, the possibility of going back to to agricultural land well the biggest part of that is that that's 25 years down the road tim so you can talk about hypotheticals and speculation all day I, i'm back to my opinion and goal here is to look out for Wright County, the landowners that want solar, and the adjacent landowners as far as weed control and at the end so that somebody isn't stuck with a minimal amount of money to to decommission or remove these items from the property and return it to its original condition. And that is uh, in place uh, for, as I remember, up to one year, and I forget when it was enacted. It was recently. Right. It was well, probably six to eight weeks ago, maybe, and it's for up to a year, but that's the maximum. And as some people might think, well, geez, why is it so long? And the, the philosophy was, Tim, that we, we didn't want to just enact it for three months or six months, come to that time frame and say, okay, we need more time, we didn't resolve it, so then we have to reinstate it again. So we're we're just going at it with that, that year window, and if it takes you know, less time, then it'll be removed. We're not going to keep it on any longer than we need to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, gives you a little gives you a little leeway there to uh, to be thorough in investigating and and get the uh, the language of of the future uh, advice on on solar farms the way you want it. Right, and and just for folks that don't know what the work group is made up of, it's it has three representatives from three different solar companies that were invited to participate. There's township officials, there's citizen input, there's planning commission representatives, there's an attorney. It's pretty well-rounded group of representation from around Ray County of the concerned groups in dealing with this issue. All right. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit, too, about uh, another thing that uh, the county board will consider uh, if you're not already talking about it, and that's the uh, local option sales tax that was put into to effect. Uh, has that been five years already? Is that how long it's been? Well, five years will be up at the end of 2022, Tim. Okay. And it's interesting when I, in my travels, I like to keep people informed and you go to meetings and it doesn't seem to matter how many people are in the room, but there's a minimal amount of people that have any information on this. And it's been in place for three years. It's a half a cent tax that people pay in Wright County on different purchases. There are some exemptions. Uh, for example, some of the uh, farm-related purchases, if you go through the proper paperwork, that this would be exempt from. But the commissioners last year voted to address this sometime in 2021 to see if the program is going to continue. But what what's been happening is, about $9 million a year is collected with this tax, and by statute it has to be used for roads and bridge maintenance. So dedicated to that certain cause, you can't spend it on other things. Uh, what I'm getting feedback from my district is basically one of three responses, either uh, any tax, you know, we don't like it, or we didn't know about it, or if it if it is being collected and used as it's supposed to be, then we're okay with it. So when I came in to office, I started kind of researching where all this money was being spent because the people in District 5 were concerned that it was mainly being spent in a higher population and more traffic areas of the county. So I had visited with staff, and it looks like it's going to be more uh, evenly dispersed throughout the county and that's going to be more acceptable, I believe, to the the whole county, in particular District 5, that is more rural than other parts of the county. So I don't want them to feel left out. I want to be a, a voice for those folks and a good listening ear. And so that's what we're going to be reviewing. And there will be a public hearing. There's going to be a lot of information out there for people to to contemplate and weigh in if they wish so that we can make the – right decision going forward if we should continue this tax. I think if uh, memory serves me, I think the amount collected on that tax, that uh, half-cent local option sales tax, um, it seems like the the yearly amount was uh, even a little bit higher than uh, had earlier been anticipated. So it's it's generating more funds than, than originally thought. Well, it's the figure I'm getting is about $9 million a year, Tim, that's being collected, and I've, I've been told by the highway department that this allows for projects to get done sooner than they otherwise would be, or maybe they wouldn't be on the table at all with, without this, or at least in the near future. And they broke it down a little 
little more as far as who's paying the tax, which people might find interesting, that uh, the University of Minnesota Extension Office did a study, and they found that 25% of this $9 million is paid from out-of-county residents that are basically commuting through or they work here and stop and make purchases between work and home. And I think that's a pretty good representation of actual use of our roads from out-of-county residents. And I, I use this example when... I was a deputy. If I had to stop 10 cars on um, certain county roads for a, a violation, I would suspect that 7 out of 10 probably lived in Wright County. So that's really representative of who's who's paying the tax. All right. So that is ongoing discussions throughout the year then on that? Well, we're going to have a, there's a schedule coming up when there's going to be a public hearing and a well, they call it a virtual open house that people can study up on, and I can't remember the order. One One's in front of the other. But it should be well publicized so that people can weigh in, and then there'll be a, I think it's going to be a few public hearings throughout the county to give people in their in their communities a chance so that everybody doesn't have to travel to one side of the county or the other. Sure. I uh, have a few minutes left that we've got here. Maybe a little update on the construction that's going on. You're kind of coming in in the midst of um, the the finishing touches on on some things, and then the um, the the finishing of the of the new actual county government center too. Sure. Well, it's good timing because I actually had a tour with our building coordinator yesterday after the board meeting. I just cleaned the concrete dust off my shoes this morning. So we got a tour of that which is under construction and isn't due to be completed probably until January or in January of next year. And it's uh, oh, a very nice building, a lot of concrete. They're still pouring concrete. Um, a lot of the offices are roughed in. There's uh, conference rooms. There's room for growth. A uh, lot of things in there that I didn't realize, but I, we got a real thorough tour yesterday, and things are coming along. I, I think it's important to note that it seems to be fully enclosed so that we shouldn't be affected by bad weather days and the progress going forward. I think that's important to be able to stay on that certain timeline, Tim. And, of course, the uh, the Justice Center, uh, though fully completed, isn't uh, there was a, a, a virtual tour of that here recently, too. Not uh, completely open to the public yet, but uh, hopefully if things go in the right direction here with the uh, health situation, that will be, too. Right, and we had a township officers meeting. They have it quarterly, and they had the last one there a week or two ago, and it was a good turnout. There was a big room to use with all the technology to do the virtual and, and the audio, and that worked out nicely and it got a, it gave a chance to the townships that sometimes think that they're left out of the loop to come up and take a look if they choose to see what the facility was like but uh, again a lot of offices room for growth in the future and a nice facility Tim and lastly just uh, did a story this week on uh, the progress and success of the uh, the COVID vaccines that uh, County Public Health has been working on and putting to use uh, some of the uh, the county sheds there on, well, basically the same campus sites or nearby. Right. It's just north uh, or south of the new campus in the 
area of the highway building and the parks department, but I've only heard positive feedback from citizens and employees about how that's going as far as the traffic direction and the time it takes to to get through it. It's it's all been positive from what I've heard out there. Yeah, that's a well-oiled machine. I can uh, vouch for that from being <laughs> through it. It's uh, They move people in. It's uh, very orderly. You get your spot. You get the uh, shots and uh, wait outside for a little while. You don't have to get out of the car. It's a pretty good, pretty good process. Right. Yeah. Well, Mike, our uh, time flies here on the show. We uh, certainly thank you for uh, your thoughts and insights on some of the things going on with the uh, county board, and we look forward to our next visit. And in the meantime, if something comes up, you know where we're at here. So, Sure. I appreciate the time, and I'll look forward to Spotlight Days in the future. And congratulations on 50 years in the business. Hey, that's uh, <laughs> nice of you to say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a milestone. So, All right, Mike, thank you very much. We'll talk again soon. Okay, have a good day. Take care. Commissioner Mike Ketchmark, our guest on today's Spotlight here on KRWC.